Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, Joel, let's start out with a little trivia for you today. You ready for this? Yes, let's do it. I love trivia. Okay. Twice in the Brandon Bean era, I have to say it that way because McDermott was hired and then there was a draft and then Bean came along after that. Twice in the Brandon Bean draft era, the Bills have drafted multiple wide receivers in the same draft. Can you name which two drafts and who the players were? That the that who did this? That the Bills did this? Yes, under okay. Brandon Bean. Uh, they would have drafted... Twice under Brandon Bean, they've drafted multiple wide receivers in the same draft. Which two drafts did they do it, and who were the players? Okay. I know one of them... I might have the hard one already in my head, not the easy one. Because <laughs> okay. the hard one that I'm already thinking about, in part because I know he's playing in the Super Bowl coming up, is Ray Ray McLeod, and I think the seventh-round guy was Austin Prohl. Very good. That is the harder one, That's I would think, for one. most people. Yes, Austin Prohl, yeah. who, of that draft class, but that was a good draft class. Of that draft class, he is the only player not currently playing in the NFL. How about that? Yeah. You know that? I'll, go, I'll revisit that in a second, but go ahead. What's the, the other one? The other one, which is going to be easier, did they pick another receiver the year they got Gabe Davis? They Wait. Ye, did they also, I'm only like... 70% sure on this, but is that the one? Did they also pick Hodgins in the same year they picked Davis? Very good, Joseph. Yes, okay, they did. They good. took Isaiah Hodgins in the sixth round that year from okay. Oregon State. Gabe Davis in the fourth round. So in 2020, fourth round Davis, sixth round Hodgins. In 2018, Bean's first draft, mm-hmm. sixth round McLeod, seventh round Austin Prohl. You go back to, by the way, Isaiah Hodgins. Remember last year? I mean, come on. I mean, it was full on, oh, my God, you screwed up with Hodgins. How could you let this guy go? And look, I'm not telling you that it wasn't like it was tough. It was always for me, uh, well, he was was wasn't never going to play the role in Buffalo. He would play with the Giants, so he was always going to have a little more numbers with the Giants. But I don't want to go so far as to say that, like, they lost some elite player. He did not have nearly the same year this year as he did when he went to New York for those eight games last year. Did you look at? You ever seen his stats this year? You ever? You, I mean, you're a fantasy guy. Yeah. Isaiah Hodgins did pretty much nothing this year. Isaiah Hodgins was, yeah, no. he played all 17 games. 
He was targeted 33 times. He had 20, 21 catches. Yeah, there wasn't much. I know he was drafted usually in like the mid to late rounds. Like there was some expectation, not a ton because the Giants were like they had like eight receivers that you all could you could have seen all making an impact and like you just didn't know which one. And Hodgins usually was like one of the top guys of that group, but by the time I don't know. We were two, three games into the season. Like he was already on waiver wires, and I don't ever think I don't think I thought about picking him up all year. So, yeah, I mean, two hundred thirty yards at the end of the day. I, I'm not even saying he's a bad player. Just you know, the, the, jumping to oh, this guy's they let go a starting caliber wide right. receiver that was probably a little presumptuous. Yeah, I think so. And if I'm right, unless there was something different about when he went to the Giants, what's interesting is Isaiah Hodgins becomes a free agent. That's right. right? Isaiah Hodgins right. will be a free agent this year, I think. Oh, you know what? He'll be an RFA, though. He didn't have enough accrued seasons. That's what it was because mm-hmm. of his year they he didn't play uh, that much. So they'll be able to keep him there. So he won't be on the free agent market. Yeah, do we look at Isaiah Hodgins as a – are we looking back now and thinking, oh, my God, like what a horrible – No. And you could still I... say that about Wyatt Teller, right? Wyatt Teller, yes. you look back and go, mm, should never have traded that dude. Are we thinking the same thing about releasing Isaiah Hodgins given – given – the Bills situation at wide receiver, but also knowing that he really didn't rise up to what people thought yeah. he would once he went to the Giants last year. Yeah, no, I'm I'm even still no for me. Like if if Isaiah Hodgins was on this team and was coming off the two stat lines he had with the Giants, but he had done that with the Bills, I would still be as invested in seeing the Bills go for a wide receiver as I would be. Like I just I wouldn't see him as a solution. I think I'm settling or I think I'm, you know, really limiting myself if I just go, well, this guy's already in the building and he's done some things, so let me do that. Especially when, you know, there is going to be a specific receiver type that gets talked about this offseason, in part mm-hmm. because we all know they kind of need it, and two, Sean McDermott put voice to it when talking about explosive plays, that... Mm-hmm. Hodgins is just not that. Like, Hodgins is a contested catch guy. You know, in college, he played more in the slot. Giants, he did a little bit of both. He's just, you know, if you want to get explosive plays down the field, Hodgins is not that type of receiver in the first place. Yeah, I I always compared him to David Nelson. Remember David Nelson? Yeah, that's a good one. To me, he was that kind of guy. Tall guy, can win in the slot because of his size. You're never really going to be separating down the field, but he was reliable. He it let's just put Hodgins on this this team right now. Wouldn't we be having the same conversation about him as we do everybody else? I mean pretty much. Sherfield. Yeah. Shorter. Hardy. Hardy, Even Davis. Like, what do you do with him, right? I mean, like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, you you have Davis ahead of him, but what do you do with him? I think so. By the way, let's go back to what you just said. That's great that you got those um those guys. Yeah. Twenty eighteen draft yep, twenty eighteen draft. That was we know Josh Allen's draft. Do you remember that draft? Can you name like that? That's a good. That's a really good draft. You talk about hitting on players or at least drafting players that have been good in this league. Twenty eighteen Bills draft is really good actually for this. This has got to get a lot of high marks. Like if you take most drafts in the NFL for most teams, and you say, okay, let's go five years later and just take a look at what they've done in their career, whatever team they're on, this has got to be up there. Can you name that twenty eighteen draft? Um. Everybody but Prol is still playing in the league. 
They drafted and, and significantly playing. Yeah, I mean they drafted Allen and Edmonds in the first round. Correct. They, so you got Allen and Edmonds. I mean, yeah, those, those are two ones. first round picks. So it, say what you will about Tremaine Edmonds and not making explosive plays. I get it. Maybe he never played to the level Bills fans hoped for and anticipated. But you can't say Tremaine Edmonds was a missed first round pick. I'm sorry. Like that's not how it works. The guy has now on his second contract and was the highest paid player in free agency at his position, which means that that was a good draft pick after five years in Buffalo. Right. So then the second round, they would have... They even had a second round pick? They did, did they, not have a second round they pick. They would have used it. They had a third round up. pick. Okay. The third round pick would have been... Who's the third he round He also... Pick? Uh, Knox, this guy Knox. has left since... No, he has left. You know, that was the following year. Oh. This guy has left for free agency. He's been on another team for a couple years. At a position okay. where the Bills are a little depleted now going into this offseason. And he was a third round pick? Yes. What? He was totally made to play for Sean McDermott. Everybody knew it going into the draft. Oh, Harrison Phillips. Harrison Phillips, Harrison yes. Phillips. Yeah. Harrison Phillips. He's a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, he's carved out a nice career for himself. He's out in Minnesota. How about fourth round? Just named all pro. Taron Johnson. Yep. Taron Johnson. Mm-hmm. Fifth round. One of the better special teamers in the league who's been around for several years and still on the Bills. Okay, so is this Saran Neal? Yes. The reason I actually would have thought of him, even before you said the special teams part, is because I know he was a part of the Patrick Mahomes trade, and I oh, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought I remembered that being the next year. So, but he was a part of the Mahomes trade. And then you get to another fifth round pick, and the one that got away, the one they shouldn't have traded. We Wyatt, just talked about Wyatt Teller. Yep. And then sixth round is your guy in the Super Bowl this week, Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Ray yeah. Ray McLeod, who, by the way, it definitely wasn't going well in Buffalo. Never worked mm. out. They had Isaiah McKenzie, who kind of became his replacement. I'm happy for Ray Ray that he's gotten a chance to, you know, be a significant contributor to the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think that even if you put Ray Ray McLeod on this team right now, though, Joe, what does that look like? I mean, if Ray Ray McLeod's a free agent yeah. this year, are we clamoring, oh, go get him? I don't think so. That's not someone that you might say he could have some explosive plays, but. Yeah, he would to me be Deontay Hardy. Like, correct. I, you know, That's maybe right. Hardy right. in his skill set might be more capable of like downfield routes, at least in terms of what he did in New Orleans. But the Bills didn't really use him that way. Um, and who's to say he's that good at it in the first place? You know, because it was a very limited you know sample that he did that with New Orleans. McLeod. I mean, I always thought of McLeod as kind of like an Isaiah McKenzie type, but even maybe more reliable in the return game. But in terms of the way you'd ever use him on offense, like that's what we're talking about. And he's never been utilized that much anyway. Like I think he'd be hardy. He'd be your return guy. He'd be your gadget guy on offense. Um, and they've had McKenzie. They've had Hardy. Like I think those guys are a little bit easier to replace than, of course, you know, your, your Wyatt Teller types. 2018 draft is good, man. Allen, Edmonds, Phillips, J- Taron Johnson, Saran Neal, Wyatt Teller, Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Pearl out of the league. Yeah. Uh, that's a good draft, Joe. Yeah. And getting three, well, three guys that are considered some of the best at their position. I know Teller's not doing it with the Bills, but he's right. been a pro bowler, and I know he's been nominated for All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's at All-Pro votes, but he's never actually been named All-Pro. Um, same thing with Allen. Like, Allen, I don't think, he's made an All-Pro team, but he's had All-Pro votes. And then Johnson has made the All-Pro. So, like... You got three guys that are all at the top of their position in addition to all the guys that are just, you know, at least existing in the league. I mean, you could go through other drafts and say that they weren't as good. Obviously, we could do that, but I think that's a really nice draft for the Bills to take a look back. Brandon Bean's first draft. 
uh, with the Buffalo Bills as GM. But that draft, they did take two wide receivers, Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Prohl. One's out of the league. One is just a return man, going to be in the Super Bowl this week. And then a couple years later, we just talked about it, they took um, Gabe Davis and later on Isaiah Hodgins in the draft. All right, it's all getting to anybody who you know thinks that maybe they would – think about a wide, couple wide receivers this year. It, it, it has happened under this regime. It, I don't think it's off the table. I think that that could very well be you know, something they look at, and this is a deep wide receiver class. We know that. Really, that's been the theme for the last several years. I think the way that offenses are, not only in college, but high school, and grooming these guys to get to college and be these big-time players, spread offenses. There's just so many more receivers on the field. I think we're just in an era, Joe, where... Every year now, I think we're going to be talking about a deep and good wide receiver class. It just lines up with how offenses, you know, function at all the lower levels now. Yeah, all the lower levels and all the gr- all the good athletes are playing receiver. Yes, right. Like they yeah, used to play right? running back, um, and th- th- not entirely, but like I do think that's happening a little bit. Where I've heard actually, even um, oh, who was it? Was it Adrian Peterson? What I think maybe it was Peterson. If it wasn't him, it was one of like the star running backs of like recent times who said on a podcast that. His kid wanted to play running back just like him, and he's like, "No, no, you're playing receiver. Like th- this is yeah. you're not going to get your head beat in as much. You're not going to have to take as much of a pounding. And if you actually are really good at this, the money on the other end is going to be quadruple what it is if you're a great wide receiver than if you're a great running back. So I, that's part of it too. Um, but you're right. Like I'm sure there'll be a down year at some point. Like this is kind of a crazy little run here." of back-to-back-to-back receiver classes that have been this strong. I'm sure there'll be a down year at some point, but Mm -hmm. this year does not sound like it's the year at all for that. This is the year where everyone's like, no, there's like eight first-round caliber receivers, and that's kind of been true the last couple years. The Senior Bowl is happening this week down in Mobile, Alabama. Yep. Chris Trapasso isn't there but he's going to join us. He's been all on top of everything you know, going on down there, and he's really good with all the prospects. He really digs in. And Chris has a very interesting take at wide receiver at the top of the draft where he actually doesn't have, I believe, I, I don't want to put words in Chris's mouth. We'll have him on. I don't believe he has Marvin Harrison Jr., number one. I know that might sound crazy to people. He's not the only one, though. So I'm interested in why that is, what he has to say. Not that he doesn't love Harrison. He does. But we'll get with Chris. Chris joins us at 11.05 a.m. Good morning. It's the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, Chris Trapasso joins us at the top of the next hour. I found myself, Joe, thinking about this, though, thinking about being a McDermott at the end of the year, explosive plays. I think you guys played on, with you and Jeremy, played the sound of McDermott saying that, that soundbite, and Jeremy said, we're going to hear this soundbite for the next like six months, right? Like, yes. that's what we're going to hear. And I agree with that. I think it's a theme. It's something I've thought a lot about, and real soon here, like next week, basically, I'm going to dig into my state of the bills. I do this every year. I look at position by position. But how can you not right away just aim your eyes at wide receiver and think about what Brandon Bean said, what Sean McDermott said, explosive plays. And I think the key two words for Sean McDermott Mm-hmm. player acquisition. Like, yep. Yep. he said right there, we're going to target the players who do this. I, yeah. This is different to me, Joe, than a coach coming out and going, we need our guys to be more explosive. Hey, we got we to gotta find a way. Not, it's, this isn't on the coordinator. This right. isn't on the players on the roster. They have told us through these words, they are going to go out and look for these players. Player acquisition were the two words Sean McDermott used. Yeah, 
that is a big reason why I don't take it as just a throwaway line or, you know, a coach repeating back part of what, like, a question was. You know, I do think that can happen, right? Like, if a coach gets asked about, like, this has happened with the run game, I'm sure, over the years with different coaches of, like, the run game and, like, if it's struggling, like, of course they're going to say we want the run game to be better. And that's not really all you got. Like, you didn't just get McDermott up there saying, yeah, we want we want more explosive plays. We want the pass game to be better. And then kind of left it at that. He said the thing about player acquisition, which I do think is very notable. And he also, by the way, pretty much said a thing that we've said all the time on the air and we've read all the time in recent years, which is a statistical fact that it, you're like, I don't think McDermott said the number, but you're like 35 or 40% more likely to score a touchdown on a drive if you get an explosive play. And McDermott basically said that. Again, he didn't say the number, but he sounded like someone that knows the number. He knows the value of if I get one 25-yard mm-hmm. pass or I get one 20-yard run on this drive, how much more likely I am to score. Like McDermott sounded like he knows that. And that plus what you just mentioned with player acquisition, like I do not just take that as coach talk. I, I take that as a coach that knows that they needed it, they didn't have it, and that they've got to go out and get it. I agree with you. And what's interesting to me is, so player acquisition can really mean three different avenues, right? You have three different ways to acquire players in the NFL. You could do free agency, you could do through the draft, or you can trade. I don't think I'm missing any, right, Joe? That's the three ways you can get a player on your team. Supplemental Free agency. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It does count as a draft pick. Uh, Free agency, draft, trade. How does it how does it happen? I think that's the that's the super cool mystery and intrigue. So I want to talk about that today with you. 803-0550. Give us a call. We'll get connected with you, our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. How should the Bills go about acquiring these explosive players? Player acquisition. There's three ways. Let's remember, you trade for a guy, you sign a guy. You trade for him, you're getting his contract. You sign him, you're giving him a new contract. They do not have a lot of money on the salary cap. Of course, there's going to be some adjustments, and we'll see what they have. You draft a guy, that's great. Rookie contract sounds like that's the way to go. Let's remember, though, Joe, for every Justin Jefferson, there is a Kadarius Tony who was a first-round pick, right? And yep. look what's happening with him. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee you go that way or that guy is automatically just going to seamlessly fit in. It might take a while. It might never happen. Let's get to Jim in Rochester and get his thoughts. Go ahead, Jim. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yep. You know, after the uh, the draft, or sorry, after the, the Bills lost, um, my approach was, you know, I don't care if they draft, use every draft pick as a wide receiver. Um, quantity, uh, you know, will allow – there's always going to be misses. You have more draft picks and you get more wide receivers, the odds are greater that you'll get some more weapons for, for Josh. Um, I've kind of eased off of that because I know how unrealistic it is. Um, but I would love for them to use two to three of their first draft picks on wide receivers. Uh, I'm even open with them trading out of the, out of the first round, getting an early second round pick and, you know, getting two wide receivers in the second round and then addressing their other depth points, you know, as they go. But I think that the defense, you know, we've built defensive lines that have not lived up to their uh, to our expectations. We've invested heavily. 
Um, our coaching staff is really big on um, teaching and developing these players. But grab them a lot of cheaper late-round players, uh, even you know undrafted free agents. Have them you know plug the holes uh, and, and take the learning learning curves and the bumps that come along with it. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you, uh, Joe. If we take what we think the Bills draft will look like, it should have ten picks. We're assuming they're going to get the third-round comp pick. That's going to happen. They did get rid of one third-rounder last year in the Russell Douglas trade. So they should have 10 picks. A first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, two fifths, three sixths, and a seventh. There's no way they're using all 10. So there's going to be movement, right? So how does that happen? And do, do they use any of those to get someone else? Or, hey, we got 10 of them. Let's take our shots at some receivers here. Yeah. They, I mean, I would bet they, be every draft, right, They they move up. Um, yeah, so that's true. I, I, it's In the hard. middle rounds, especially. Yeah, so it's hard for me to see them not doing it. I compared to past years, though, like I don't know that they have to. Like there have been past years, especially where the roster's been so loaded, where just you don't take all these guys because they're not all even going to make the team. And we've seen repeated examples of mm-hmm. guys not making the team. Was it? Um, who was the corner for New England that was making plays? Alex Austin. Alex Austin. Who they drafted this year, didn't make the team, mm-hmm. and he's out there starting for the Patriots at the end of the season. Um, not say he's good, it's just that's where New England was at. Right. Mm-hmm. This year, they've got so many free agents. They've got so many older players that are starting to age out. And while we're, you know, we talk about McDermott mentioning explosive plays, Bean made comments about getting younger. And cheaper, and maybe yeah. having to rely on younger players more than they have in the past. I mean, that's the nature of Allen's cap hit is about to go up from seventeen million to it's at forty seven, probably somewhere more in the thirties because they'll do restructuring stuff. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. That's mm-hmm. still more than double, and Diggs goes up, and Vaughn goes up, so we we know the picture. I I think it's possible they could just sit on the picks and take them all and say, mm-hmm. we're going to need more contributions from rookies. We're not going to have 
the ability to sign, you know, your Jordan Phillipses as much anymore. Maybe your maybe Floyd was a better example there because that was more money. Your Hardys to play on special teams. Um, we're gonna need those to be rookie guys now. So I still would think because we right so we know Brandon Bean at this point. He does like to trade up. His his track record says that he's gonna do it at least once or twice in a draft. But I think it's possible they could sit on a lot of those picks because they're gonna need cheap labor. We'll take a timeout. We'll take more of your phone calls on this. Carl, stay with us. We'll get to you as soon as we come back from the break. How should the Bills go about acquiring explosive players to match up with Sean McDermott and what he said, player acquisition, and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talking about needing more explosive plays? There's three ways to do it. Draft, free agency, trades, you got contracts to consider, and you got to consider not every draft pick is going to just walk in and start and play at a high level on the Buffalo Bills or any other team. So you got to think about all that stuff. We'll take your phone calls and more here along the way. Chris Trapasso at the top of the hour on the Extra Point Show on WGR. You know, you want to be efficient, you want to be explosive, it's hard to be both. That being said, however... You need to create explosive plays. If you look at and you study the game, that's when you look at scoring points. Usually, a scoring drive has baked into it a, a explosive run or an explosive pass. I understand that. We understand that. And that's part of us moving forward as we look at our roster and we look at player acquisition, something that we need to take a hard look at. Those two words at the end of Sean McDermott right there are what I'm thinking about player acquisition when it comes to what he talked about explosive plays before we get to your phone calls joe isn't that clip right there you said it a little while ago you mm-hmm. said that mcdermott seems to understand that this is true like you need those types of plays mm-hmm. on drives isn't that clip right there if anybody wants to say defensive-minded head coach who wants to be conservative and run the ball doesn't that clip kind of just tell you right there that's not true isn't that the clip you would hold up to them and say no not really like he doesn't really believe that maybe he can coach like that sometimes but mm. he obviously doesn't really overall think that way no i i yeah i would use that as an example i mean yeah i want my head coach to know that and i and again he kind of says it there like we you gotta have these plays if you're gonna score and he also was on the coming off a game where they lost where they put together a ton of 10, yes, 12, right. 16 play drives where they were going four or five yards at a time. And that's hard, man. And why it's, I think, good that McDermott understands that is the alternative is basically to, to, to score points without those types of plays. You got to go through five, six, seven sets of downs without making mistakes. You're going right. to be, I wonder if, you know, I don't know that he would graduate it to this, I, but just kind of playing it out in my mind now, because the Bills had to kind of play that style a lot of the season of long, sustained drives, no mistakes, you've got to have, you know, six first downs to get to the end zone rather than three if you had a 50-yard play in there. It could be a reason why there were more turnovers this year is just you didn't have as much margin for error. You didn't have as many quick drives, maybe, as you were used to. I'm sure there's other numbers I could find that would you know prove that. I'm not sure if it is right. But, again, it's kind of that sentiment of if you don't get the big play, you got to have a perfect long drive, and that is very difficult to do. Joe, do you know where the Bills ranked in average time of possession per drive this year? 
for the whole year. Um, average time of so possession. So if you take average time of possession per drive, not per game, per drive. Near the top of the league might be my guess. Second. Second. Only to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The interesting number is Cowboys, Bills, Eagles are the top three. Yeah. Who all three of them are really kind of in the same space of, yeah, they're really good, but, uh, right? You know what I mean? Something's not right here. Something isn't right there. That's right. Yeah. And the Bills and the Cowboys are the only teams in this league, the only teams in the NFL, who averaged more than three minutes a drive this year. The Cowboys were 311. Mm-hmm. The Bills were 301. They, have, they, they held the ball. They drove the ball. They scored a lot of points. They didn't have the explosive plays. Let's go to Carl in Connecticut. Hi, Carl. You're on WGR. Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, Before I forget, first and foremost, um, you guys represent Western New York and Bill's Mafia. Exceptional. I I listened to you, Sal, on uh, some of the other talk shows on YouTube with some of the other sports people, and uh, you're very well-spoken. So I just want my hats off to you both uh, for doing that. Um, Secondly, um, yeah, wow, man. I, I, you know, I have season tickets, and um, I'm in Connecticut, and I drive up for the games and that game against Kansas City. You know, I think the, the game plan actually was very well put together, especially with all our injuries. You know, McDermott always talks about all three phases. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, people know, but I'm just going to say it again. With our defense, the way we were injured, especially coming off the Pittsburgh game, our, our, our kicking game, they ended up putting the punter in. We know his leg was injured and it was apparent in the Kansas City game. And the, the, the poor field goal kicker, nothing against him, but he's had a rough, I'm going to say about a month and a half. And I just was, I was on the edge of when we were on that 27-yard line. And I was like, please get in closer. Don't settle for being here because you're going to put this guy in a tough spot. It's you know, it's a cold, the ball goes weird in the cold weather sometimes, and there was a little wind. It is what it is. It was a close game. You know, we could have pulled it off. We could be very easily talking about uh, the, the last two drives that uh, Kansas City uh, gave back to us. But there's next year. Um, and uh, what was it? Last, two, two more things real quick, guys. It's really interesting. I real I feel like, and I know this is going to sound weird, but, I feel like we play Kansas City better than anybody. Unfortunately, in the postseason, it hasn't panned out. So, I mean, it really comes down to that. Um, but uh, with regards to you guys, what do we need going forward? I think it sounds like an easy uh, a cop-out answer, but I think free agency. Mm-hmm. We need to get some, like, again, more veterans in there with experience with, based on who, whose leads that we picked up on free agency last year. Um, with some new blood. And, and uh, lastly, my question to you guys is, what do we do? What's the bar next year for McDermott? I like what he did with the defense. He got us from 6-6 six and six to second seed. Do we need to, like, make the Super Bowl or win the, uh, the AFC? Well, it would be make it to the AFC championship. Um, what's, what's the bar, in your opinion? And if I could stay on and listen, because... Yeah. Well, I'm going to put you on hold so you can listen, Carl. Okay, I'll put you on hold so you can listen through, through that way. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate yeah. you. Thanks Thanks for the kind words. I do think, Joe, there's going to be – there was a, a lot of you – know, you know the way it went this year. There were a lot of people who were very anti-Sean McDermott and just wanted him gone throughout the year. And they got to 6-6, six and six and that ground swelling grew. We knew that. 
I think we always kind of understood that wasn't going to happen. And even if they had another, you know, second round playoff exit, I figured that wouldn't happen. I mean, the, the owners are not going to do that. I do think, though, another year of this, and then we get to next year, at some point, right, that there you have to have that really serious, uncomfortable conversation. And I don't know what the bar is, Carl, to be honest with you, but I do think it's a really good question to ask. I don't know that there – I wonder if there is a bar. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's just he's going to be the coach and that's just kind of it. Like, I don't know if the the what would need to happen – to even have this conversation for real is possible. Unless, not, not even unless. I mean, if Josh Allen were to get injured, knock on wood, that doesn't happen ever, um, then, you know, that's the baked-in excuse. If they won seven games because they were playing their backup quarterback, you know, you're not criticizing the coach because of that. Um, or at least you're not firing him because of that. So, I don't know. If they lose in the divisional Joe, round, if the bar, let me years, ask you this, Joe. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If the bar is you have to beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the Bills are in the space with Josh Allen, but there are a lot of teams who who are fighting, who want to and believe they can win the AFC. And if that is the bar, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, wouldn't it hold almost with every team? Like, would they say that to John Harbaugh? Would you say that to... Yeah. Um, no, that's right. It's, you know, Zach Taylor, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's the standard. If Kansas yeah. City's the team that you can... But if everybody can't beat them, does everybody have to fire their coach? I don't know. I'm just playing a little devil's advocate here. I just don't know how to kind of reconcile all that. Yeah, and it's not, I guess, just, you know, it's... A lot of it is the Chiefs. A lot of it is, though, that just you want the accomplishments. You want the hardware. Yeah. You want the... You want to get closer than they've been. Three straight years in the divisional round... And some uh, two of those is because you played Kansas City before the AFC Championship game. But, like, come on, let's go here. Josh Allen is supposed mm-hmm. to be the closest thing to Mahomes in the league. Like, why is there such a gulf when it comes to the two resumes? If it's true. Maybe it's not. I mean, I kind of think it is that that Mahomes is better than Allen, but it's not this monstrous gap between the two. But if if that's correct... Why then have the two teams been so different in their accomplishments? And you start to get to the organizations and some of the other players the Chiefs have had and the coaching, um, that it would be a key difference as to why they've been to four Super Bowls now and the Bills have only even been to one conference championship game. So, you know, timeline matters here too. I think there there could be even milestone dates where... Sean McDermott in, I don't know, two years, three years, is going to be into his 10th year as Bill's head coach. And once you start approaching a decade, and if it's still only like one conference championship game, I don't care how good your regular seasons are. If you go a decade with Josh Allen and you have one conference championship game, I I don't know what we would still be doing talking here. So I don't know that it's a one-year thing for me. It's a, can you... Can you get closer? Can you get to the Super Bowl? Can you beat this Chiefs team one time over a period of years? And the longer it goes, then I think, rightfully so, that period of years should shrink. I agree, Carl. You're right that the Bills have played them as good as anyone. But, I mean, the Bengals did beat them. Let's remember that, too. But The Bengals you know, beat them. Through yep. the, yeah, through, through the years of how many times they've matched up, the Bills have either beaten them in the regular season or been very close in the playoffs I mean, the AFC Championship game the first year, the Bills had a, a lead early on, and then they wound up losing. But 
you know, I, I agree that they've been right there. And thanks for the kind words, by the way, uh, Carl. Let's go to Rob on a cell. Hi, Rob. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, thanks. Good. Good. Great, great topics. Um, I'll make it real short and sweet. Uh, first off, I think McDermott did a great job this year. Um, I've been one of his detractors at times, but when you get to that AFC divisional game and you're playing the Chiefs with backups and the game's that close, yeah, it would be nice to win, but I think they did as good as anybody could have done. Um, that being said, um, I think the way we go, I would go. Of course, I'm not the coach or the GM. Uh, I think we have to go with the draft this year just because of the way the cap is. We just don't have the cap money to be going out and grabbing a bunch of people. I had four four receivers that I've been looking at. I'm a mock, mock draft nut. Um, okay. And I don't think some of the top guys are going to be there. But um, I don't know. It depends on how you look at them, I guess. I'd love to see us, if he's still there, get the Brian Thomas out of LSU. Mm-hmm. Adone, I think that's how you explain it. Adonai Mitchell from Texas would look good. Um, Leggett from uh, mm-hmm. South Carolina. And then later on, possibly, if he's still around, a sleeper might be uh, that Brendan Rice from uh, USC. Big, fast. He's, got, he's probably got to develop a little bit. And somehow, if they could find a way to manipulate their picks and pick up that nose tackle from Texas sweat, I would be happy as happy could be. That's all I got. I'll, I'll, I'll hang up. Thanks. Well, well, good good news for you, Rob. We're going to have Chris Trapasso on at the top of the hour. Joe, I don't know how deep you are into these receivers yet, this class. So you can comment on any of them if you'd like. I, I have yeah. seen Brian Thomas mock to the Bills quite a bit, actually. He, he's the one that seems more realistic than, I think he was trying to say a Dunze there, um, who mm-hmm. I do not expect to get near the Bills. Um, I just want, if they're going to go with the position, and I hope they do, and really if it's any of them, you know, I'm not going to be upset no matter what. If they draft Keon Coleman, who is more of the contested catch guy, I'm not going to be upset about it. But in a perfect scenario, I do want to see them find someone that can that can win down the field, that can open things mm-hmm. up for digs underneath more often so he doesn't have to be the guy as much that is trying to get open deep. Um, and Brian Thomas, he's not like the burner of the class, but... You know, I saw the other day that he was like a guy they expect to run in like the four fours and like does make plays down the field. Just Xavier Worthy might be the more speed guy. So Thomas to me is a fine idea. If they ended up with him, I would be perfectly happy. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Got a question for you about uh, Andy Reid when we come back. We'll do that after this timeout in the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase with you on a Tuesday here as we're talking about player acquisition. The Bills looking for more explosive players on offense this offseason. How should they go about it? Give us a call. Joe, I... You know my feelings on Bill Belichick, and I and I hate like I don't ever want the people to think I, I think he's a terrible coach. I don't. I just just because I don't think he's the best because I think he had Tom Brady, but he is the most accomplished. I've said that many times. I do think there's a difference between greatest or best or most accomplished. I think you know Robert Ory has all these rings, right? It doesn't mean he's the best basketball player. I don't know if that's a great example, but you mm-hmm. get my point. I've always said mm-hmm. this. You know the way I feel about some of these coaches like Joe Gibbs, Don Shula, guys who did it with lesser talent and still did it. All right. I don't know if you feel he is the greatest or the best, but I am curious to know 
from you how close Andy Reid is getting to that. Because if you look at their resumes now, you could – some people – now, he only has a couple Super Bowls. I get it, Andy Reid. Belichick has six. But if he sticks around with Mahomes, I mean, I do think he could get to four or five. And I think you have to have a serious discussion about that then because of you take what he also did in Philly. They went to three championship games, a Super Bowl, they didn't win. I mean, Donovan McNabb was a really good player. He's not even in the Hall of Fame. I think Andy Reid deserves to be in that conversation. If he gets closer, I think that he really could get a serious foothold in that discussion. I don't know how much closer. He might need two more. I think, like, just right. Get, I agree. Yeah, like get to four, and now. Well, this year could be this could be, this be one of those, right? This, then you need right. one more. And and Belichick coached to what is he now? We already we seventy one, seventy two, seventy one. Yeah, Reed sixty five. You give him six more years. Yeah, aren't the odds that he wins another one with Mahomes in the next six years? Sure, they are for for sure. Um, right. And at that point, right, like, can I overcome the, okay, he doesn't have two more, he doesn't have two Super Bowls that Belichick has, but the point that could be made about Belichick about how he has 170 games, it's not nothing, he has 170 Mm -hmm. games of being a Joe Philbin level coach with his record, without Tom Brady, Andy Reid doesn't have that, Andy Reid does it with all of his quarterbacks, he doesn't win Super Bowls with all of his quarterbacks, don't get me wrong there, but... He's a consistent, great team in the regular season, playoff team, deep playoff runs, Super Bowl appearances with all, all the different quarterbacks that came through there uh, in Philadelphia and then Alex Smith in Kansas City. So I, I'd be willing to have that discussion now, but I think most of the football world wouldn't until he got to like four. Belichick, I think, maybe also maybe taking a hard look in the mirror right now. In terms, like, did he think there was about to be a bidding war for him? He's does he think that? Like, <laughs> Maybe. is he Maybe. taking a, a taking a dose of uh, of reality right now? That not only does nobody want you at the price to be paid, which matters here too, right? Probably you have to give him full. Sounded like the Atlanta job didn't go to him because he wanted full authority in mm-hmm. you know player personnel. He wanted to report to the owner. Didn't want to be underneath the general manager. Atlanta's the only team that even called him. That's it. Hmm. Not only did he not get a job, seven teams that had openings decided not to pick up the phone. Well, not to bring him in for an interview. They might have picked up the phone, called the agent, and the agent informed them, well, this is the deal. He wants the same deal that he had in New England. And all those teams said, yeah, no, thank you. We're not interested. And I wonder how I wonder how he's taken that, that... I've won six Super Bowls. I should get this deal. And every team in the league told you, no, we're not interested. I agree with you. And the trend, like we've said, is the these owners, they want younger coaches, fresh minds, right? That's what you see around the league. And I get not every single guy getting hired is super young, but m- the majority are. Most coaches are pretty young. They're getting hired around the league. And, yeah, the other part of that is, you know, if he comes in and says, ah, I'm Bill Belichick and this is how I do things – I mean, you just look and go, yeah, but well, the way you did things the last few years just hasn't worked. And that can definitely work against him, despite the resume. No doubt about it. I do think he overplayed his hand. I am actually, though, I do think he'll be good on TV, Joe. We talked about this yesterday. I, that's fine. Let him go to TV. I just think if he goes to TV, and it, he's not going to get a job now. We know that, right? Right. Um, I just, it feels like it's over for him. 
it feels as I sit right here, no one's going to hire him next year after a year off, right? At at seventy three, I can't imagine. Well, I guess right. The right owner could do it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, did you hear a theory? I I did see a theory that Andy Reid could retire and then the Chiefs hire Belichick. That was Schefter's theory, and that's that's oh, like. Okay. But look how hard you're working to get him to get a job. Yes. Like you yes. need that to play out. I I saw it's now been mentioned by I, I don't even know if there's anything to this. Maybe there is because Rich Eisen's talked about it. I think McAfee's talked about it. The Levitard Show has talked about it. This idea that networks are going to offer Belichick and Saban some version of the Manning cast for some primetime <laughs> game. Like I I think it would be awesome. I think that would actually I think that would actually be pretty good. I'm not gonna yes. lie. I mean, I would watch. Yes. I would watch that. But that's hey, that's that's what's gonna be available to Belichick. It's gonna be TV or go hang out on a beach. I mean, I just think if you thought how many, what odds would you get that he wouldn't break the all-time wins record like four years ago? You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. totally on track to do that. And here we are. I just I think it might be over for him. I think he finishes. It's uh, actually. I think it's third all time in, in, in wins it's, behind George Alice. It's Tiger breaking too. the majors record. We're like for forever yeah, we thought, oh, this yeah. is just inevitable. He's gonna break it. And then it's like, oh, he might not break it. And then you get to this point, it's like, oh, he's definitely not gonna break it. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Chris Trapasso's gonna join us. We're on this, you know, wide receiver train. We're all on the wide receiver train with Jeremy White, and we'll have Chris break down what he thinks about wide receivers. He does not have, I think. I have this right. I read the other day. I don't think he has Marvin Harrison Jr. number one in this class. Give him some, you know, have an open mind, folks. Let's listen to what Chris has to say, and we'll talk with him about prospects coming up in this year's draft when we return here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 